Uh, it's, uh, it's three minutes after eight o'clock. Yesterday, we learned of our uh, friend Josh Haston, who was most recently was on the air with us during our uh, August trip to Israel from the Efrat Emergency Medical Center, you may recall. And Josh is um, somebody who's uh, involved in a million things and some great organizations, plus, of course, a radio personality in his own right. And yesterday, he uh, ends up as the victim of terror. Thank God, a victim of terror who has lived to tell about it. Josh Haston, live from Israel. Shana Tovah, Josh. Welcome back to JM in the AM. It is an honor and a pleasure to be on the show. I appreciate that. Take us through yesterday's episode. Explain to this. or This is why you're on. You're on so all of us can get a perspective of at least to, to try to get a perspective from an eyewitness and from somebody who was uh, a victim of terror. Uh, what is going on with our brothers and sisters in Israel? Take us through yesterday's episode. No problem. So it was just a normal Wednesday. I uh, was commuting to Jerusalem, and I uh, used my Israeli application ways to find the shortest distance into Jerusalem. There was a lot of traffic. It was raining yesterday morning. So I took from my home in El Azar, and I took the road via Tekoa in eastern Gushetzion, which I've done. You know, I do it from time to time. I like the views. I like the feel. And uh, in this case, it was uh, Waze was telling me it was going to be quicker. So I got past Tekoa, and I was about 500 meters from the checkpoint at the entrance to Jerusalem near Har Choma. And uh, all of a sudden, I saw two cars stopped on the side of the road. And I had no idea who they were, what they were doing. Maybe it was a flat tire. So I passed them, kept going straight. I looked to my right, and uh, I see approximately 40 or 50 uh, masked Arabs wearing the scarves around their faces running towards my car. I was alone at that time, running towards my car with not only rocks, but bricks and concrete slabs, things you would see in a construction site. And they, they had murder in their eyes. They were running. They were going to kill me. They were going to try to kill me. Um, at about 15 meters away from my vehicle, um, they were actually standing on the road connecting their village to the main highway there, going to Jerusalem. Uh, I decided I, you know, the adrenaline kicks in, and um, I took the gun, which I'm a, I have a registered gun here in Israel, as you can get. It's not that easy to get. But I have my gun, so I took the gun out of its holster, and I held it up in the car, in the car to show them I am armed. Um, at that point, the group who was running towards me hesitated a bit. As if, you know, okay, you know, the guy's got a gun. They hesitated for a couple seconds, maybe at at the most, and then they kept coming closer. They were coming to kill me, to murder me. At about 10 meters or 10 yards away, um, I then uh, decided I had to act. I had no other choice. It was life life or death. And I rolled down my window there on the driver's side and fired a round from my gun into the air. At that point, the gang of terrorists there decided to back off and flee. They fled back on the road, the uh, road which connects the village to the main road. They fled it back into, flooded, uh, they went back into their village. They, they, uh, one way they fled from the scene. At that point, I went to the checkpoint. I drove ahead 500 meters to report what just happened. And it was there, it was only there that I realized I was not the first car that had gone through. There were several other cars, and I can describe the scene. You have cars with their windows smashed in. You have a lady on the ground who's clearly in, in, in shock. 
with somebody else with their arm around there, trying to calm them down. Other women are crying. Another man, you can see this on the Facebook page, is bleeding from, from his face. Um, and, uh, you know, at that point, I try to get, you know, for those soldiers, I said, well, you know, they're, they're attacking people on the roads. They're going to hurt somebody. And the soldiers at the checkpoint, they can't leave because their responsibility is at that point. They cannot let unauthorized cars into Jerusalem. So um, they said you have to wait for the, the other soldiers, whoever's in charge of the area, to get there. I went as a journalist. I decided, you know, I'm going to go back. And I know the guys ran away from the road. I'm hoping that the soldiers are here by now. So I went back to the scene, uh, and the soldiers had, in fact, gotten there. It was disturbing to me is that they seemed like they were standing around waiting for orders, as if, as if the, the arrows were still on the hill with throwing rocks, pelt, trying to pelt the soldiers, and the soldiers were standing around waiting for more soldiers to arrive, for someone up higher up on the command list to give them the authority to go into the village and to quell this riot, to quell the violence. Eventually, 15, 20 minutes later, another unit arrived, and the soldiers went in with, you know, tear gas and, and crowd dispersal uh, mechanisms. It was at that point I learned that one of the women uh, who was driving probably the first car, they tried to get through, they had actually blocked the road, she was nearly lynched. They had uh, gotten to her car, were direct, in direct contact with her, opened the driver's side door, and were beating her. They were beating her. She was afraid for her life that they were going to lynch her, pull her out of the car, I later learned the police feared maybe there was a kidnapping in the area. They weren't sure. Somehow, this brave woman successfully, um, you know, pushed the soul, the terrorist back, shut her door, locked the door, put her car in reverse. I don't know how she had the, the you know, the frame of, of mind to do so, and turned around and went back to Tekoa, where she was from. At that point, she called an ambulance. They took her to Jerusalem. I only knew about this later. I saw the ambulance and realized that, you know, someone, in fact, had been wounded. Thank God, uh, light wounds, if you want to call them light. I mean, you can see the pictures of her in a, in a shirt drenched with blood, but she made out of, out of there alive, um, you know, thank God. And that, that, that was truly a miracle. And, and, and I'm, I'm lucky to be alive. I'm happy to be alive. Uh, they had murder in their eyes. They were coming to murder me. I have no doubt about it. So Josh- Today, when I'm... No, I'm sorry. I just want to remind everybody that we're speaking with Josh Haston, the victim of terror yesterday, who, as he just described it, is happy and lucky to be alive. Go ahead. You were saying. Yeah. Now, so, so today, uh, unfortunately, and again, I, I'm not sure who is uh, you know calling the shots on this one because of the fact I fired into the air. Um, I had to go under investigation for about two hours yesterday at the police station. Since that point, they confiscated my firearm. They are doing ballistics tests on my gun. I'm hoping to get it back as soon as possible because of the situation. Today here, I'm actually in Jerusalem right now today, um, you have the mayor of Nirbarkat telling people whoever has a licensed firearm should have it on their person uh, when they go out today to work. That is the situation. If you have a gun, you need to have it. I, unfortunately, am walking around today in Jerusalem with my holster. I just learned there was a stabbing attack about an hour and a half ago. A yeshiva student. I don't know his condition. I heard it was it was severe. I don't know that what's going on as of now. Uh, it just happened near the light rail here in Jerusalem, not too far away from where I am. Yeah. But I am doing what I can today. The day after, I'm not even. You know, it's like that part yesterday's event and the trauma, etc. The adrenaline kicks in. Aham, in that situation. At this point, my goal is I need to continue to protect myself and my loved ones. I have to somehow convince the police that uh, I need to get my gun back as soon as possible, and I'm, and I'm trying different ways and using connections, etc. 
that I have to try to get my gun back. That's uh, what I'm doing today. A bit of irony that the good guys end up without the gun, huh? Extremely frustrating. It's frustrating. I understand they have to investigate. I understand all of that. But I don't see a reason why, um, you know, as being the victim who did, I guess, the minimal to, to, to thwart potentially an even more dangerous situation, who knows about the cars behind me, who knows what else those guys would have done yeah. if I had not fired, if I had, if I had you know, they, the police, you know, wanted to know, why didn't I just hit the gas? Um, and, and, you know, the adrenaline kicked in, and it was a fight-or-flight thing, and I decided to stay and fight, I guess, by just firing one warring round in the air. And uh, somehow in all of this, I, I am being treated as if uh, I, I did something wrong. And I assume they know. And I assume they know you fired it from you, right? They didn't know from anybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. I, I had the police on the scene were investigating, asking questions. I, I admitted I fired around in the air, a warning shot, sent them scurrying back to their village. I admitted that, but because I let off that one round, um, unfortunately, in the system, you know, needs to be looked at. Very thoroughly. Yeah. Now I understand, but because you let off that one round, you probably saved someone else's life as well, aside from your own. I, 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 it, you know, it, it's possible. I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, there could there could have been cars behind me who were spared what I almost had to go through. Well, well, that's what's that, to say. That's what's interesting. I mean, interesting is the wrong word. That that's what's baffling here is that, you know, and many of us are familiar with the with the. Uh, the site of that checkpoint that you're referring to, I mean, we've seen it a million right. times, you know. And I would guess, as you discovered that there were people in front of you who had suffered at the hands of this mob, I would think that that area already would have would have been, uh, you know, dominated by security personnel at that point, if you were yeah, not the first, so to speak. Unfortunately, it took it took too long. Um, and again, this is not a slight on the soldiers themselves. In any way, shape, or form, they are following a chain of command until they have the authority. You know, they they can't move. They have to follow the orders of their superiors. So it's it's disappointing. Number one, it's disappointing that it took them a while to get there. That they weren't there. You're talking about 500 meters away from a a, uh, a point that has you know it's densely populated with soldiers all over the, all, all over that area. It's disappointing, and it's disappointing that you know here you have the, these Arabs on the on the hill. Uh, terrorists, let's call them what they are, who are taunting the soldiers who are, who are firing rocks down on them, and they cannot act. They have to wait, and eventually they did go into the village with, you know, tear gas, etc. But this was a lynch mob. They were trying to murder me. They were trying to murder this lady in her car. Um, and uh, again, here I am a day later, and, you know, just asking myself again, like, how is this possible that I do not have my gun on me? Especially especially when you have, there's, you know, some of the schools in Jerusalem are closed today. The high schools today are on strike because the parents are afraid there's not enough security in their schools. There's a strike today. The mayor says you have to have, if you have a gun, take it out with you. You know, and I'm wandering around in the streets of Jerusalem today doing things that I have to get done and uh, just waiting, hoping that the police are going to call me to say, come pick up your weapon. As we speak with Josh Haston, the Jerusalem Post is reporting that a suspected stabbing has now taken place in central Tel Aviv. Police and emergency service en route. MDA paramedics state that one person was believed wounded 
in the attack. There you have it. You know, Nachum, when people say it's all about the settlements and the settlers and attacking the settlers, etc., of course, it's not true, but this is happening, uh, you know, not, uh, I hate to try to scare people, you know. I wish everyone would come to Israel and show their support and make Aliyah and all of that, but the reality is this is not about, you know, settlements. Yesterday we had in Kiryat Gat an attack, and Tikhman attack, now you say Tel Aviv. That, this is what's going on. You know, they, they're busy talking about whether this is an intifada or not an intifada. You know, first of all, it's a war. I don't like using that term. That's what it is. It's a war which has existed now for over 20-something years, ever since we sat down with the Palestinian Authority, once and for all. And, I, you know, I don't know how many times I've said it over the last 20 years. The, the Israeli government must say loud and clear, Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, these are not our partners in peace. These are... Uh, partners in terror. That is what they are. Until we recognize that, you know, we can do other things in the security realm. We can try to protect, add security, add soldiers, add checkpoints, do different kinds of things. But the overall mentality must change from the top down if we want to see some real results. It's been going on. This is a wave for sure. There's a spike, no doubt. But this has been going on regularly now for over, what is it now, 22, 23 years. It has to change enough Jewish victims. That's the bottom line. I'm happy to be alive today, Nahum. It's an unbelievable story. Anybody who uh, anybody who hears it has have to, just has to shudder with uh, with the uh, with agonizing fear as you went through yesterday. It's just unbelievable. And as you described it, it's not just you, but so many others. And on top of that, as you just alluded to. Uh, everyone is now walking around the metropolis areas, the main centers, the main cities of Israel, wondering who is near them and who wants to take their life and who wants to attack them. And this has nothing to do with Judea, Samaria. This has nothing to do with uh, with any specific areas of Israel. They are after Jewish blood. It's as simple as that. I, I have been stating, maybe too politically uh, correct, but I have been stating that it is a an extreme challenge, and I think everyone has to admit that, for the government of Israel, what to do, how to respond. Now, uh, the reason I say it like that is because I think that we all know what the response needs to be. It just takes a certain amount of guts and courage to actually respond in a proper manner. You, you, you yourself yesterday discovered that there's only one language that the enemy understands because they were right. they were approaching at a rapid pace until the use of force, or the suggestion, I should say, of a use of force, all of a sudden altered their plans somewhat, or as you described it, increased their hesitation. Uh, I don't know. I hope that the government of Israel and the leadership of Israel has the strength and the courage and the wherewithal to just do what it needs to do in order to protect its residents and citizens. No, No doubt about it. And I will admit there is fear here in the air, but, you know, and I'm not some tough guy. Um, but I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm, I am personally not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm continuing on my routine. Um, I would like that security blanket as in, you know, as in the gun that I own rightfully and have a license for and had, you know, had to go through a rigorous process to obtain in terms of the, uh, you know, the background checks and the training and everything I had to do. But, you know, I just had a beautiful lunch in, in Mamila. Mamila is full of people today. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a delicate balance. I, uh, the last thing I want to do is scare somebody, let's say, who has a ticket to Israel in their hand and is thinking twice. I would not think twice. You know, people are still living their lives. There definitely is a spike. 
right now, this week. And as you said, from top down, the government must take care of the situation. But it has to be not just a security post here and there. I believe it has to be a change in mentality to undo the, such a tragic mistake which took place uh, back in the 90s, which is Oslo. Yeah, well... We agree with you on that, but uh, what might be even more tragic is what happened 10 years ago where where everybody was convinced that the the move out of Gaza all of a sudden is going to create the most peaceful situation. And I don't, and I think, I think in terms of absurdity, that may win the prize over Oslo. As absurd as Oslo was, and the thinking. It's a close toss up. (laughs) Right. I guess it's all, but I I think Gaza. Uh, wins the prize for absurdity. And like you said, it's, you know, like ch- choosing between two real winners or two that are very close to the finish line. All right, Josh, we're, we're, very, where do you live, by the way? What city? I live in, uh, El Azar, Gush Etzion, Oh, you're in right El Across the street from Efrat, next door to Neve Daniel. Yeah, we know yeah, it well. Beautiful, beautiful, thriving community, 500 families, men, women, children. And, um, you know, it's a great place to live, great place to be. And the Gush is amazing. 20 minute commute to Jerusalem. And uh, the weather's nice. I mean, there's so many positives. The kids are, kids are free despite all this nonsense. The kids are so free, living such a free lifestyle, which you really don't see in many places in the world. It's so unique, and it's, it's beautiful. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get past this. We'll get past this. I just don't want to see Jewish victims along the way. Hey, not to be too dark, but uh, you think Waze needs to add an icon to the, uh, to the different things that people are reporting? Maybe a little terror. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you know, unless there's some app that can tell you, you know, maybe if there was a new app that said, okay, Road X has, you know, people trying to murder you on the road go a different way. Yeah. Well, um, I'm saying. I'm saying. I, I, I'm know, saying a little. T- I, I follow ways. I'm saying. I follow ways where I'm, it tells me to go. I'm saying it a little tongue in cheek, but uh, if I know, but if, but if they would do that, I, I think it would. I think it would hit certain people right between the eyes if they would do that. It, yeah. it, it would it would wake certain people. But again, up. you have to remember some of these things happen so fast. They yeah, just start, and there's no. no way around it. No, I'm I'm just saying I'm just boom. I'm just saying I'm just saying. I know what you're saying. If they just introduced a concept like that, I think it would you know yeah. it would create not a, a, bad idea. a media course, stir that might might get some attention. All right, Josh. God bless you. Thank God you're alive. Have a very happy, healthy, peaceful five seven seven six, and we'll speak down the road. Amen. Thanks so much, Nachum. All the best to you and all your listeners. Josh Haston, a victim of terror yesterday, thank God, one who's able to walk away and discuss it with us, thank God. Just a taste of what our brothers and sisters in Israel are going through, everybody. 22 minutes, and yes, we should not abandon Israel, and don't rip up those tickets, and don't ask for refunds, and if need be... If we need to do our own solidarity trip to remind everybody about how beautiful and incredible Israel is and every step of it is, we will, as we've done in the past. But hopefully, in the next couple of days, I hope, if not earlier, the authorities in Israel will get a handle on the situation and do what needs to be done. Again, breaking news story, Jerusalem Post suspected terror attack in central Tel Aviv, according to... Uh, the MDA paramedics, one person is believed to be wounded in the attack, a stabbing. And tomorrow we have an opportunity to speak with Malcolm Honline, get his perspective on everything that's going on in Israel and the Jewish world. 7.40 tomorrow morning for the weekly update right here at JM in the AM.